G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate expert. Payne, I am a little bit nervous at the moment. I'm sitting in a studio with footballing calling royalty. He is the top dog here at SEN and will be calling the AFL Grand Final live on SEN and through the SEN app all around Australia. Jared Waitley. Welcome to Jack and Paney. Yes, Jack, Tim, thank you for having me. I must say, when you started your show, I thought, I'm going to dip in and out of this because I'm really curious, but it has been compulsory listening every week. I can't believe how good a start you've had with guests and issues. So I'm a long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> first-time guest. First. Well, Jared, we've, we've, we've gone through our black book and we've... We've got down to W for Waitley, so we're nearly at the end in terms of the people. <laughs> no, I, can I, just as a point of order, am I the first non-Tasmanian to be invited on? Uh, we spoke to Troy Chaplin a few mm. weeks ago and spoke about Melbourne, but we, we'll claim you. Yeah, you, you can come on. Yeah, well, well, you're nearly a Tasmanian. You go live into Tasmania, mate. So this is a bit of a flip for us because you love your cricket and yeah. love your footy, and this is the first time that we're actually going to get to ask you what uh, what it's like um, to to be behind the microphone to watch the way we go about things and get your opinion on all things footy and cricket. I go. want to start off with this. I've got season. a few few different ones for him as well, oh, Jack. Few, when we get through the grand final of, stuff, left of centre. How, how, yep. how have you seen this season play out? It's certainly been well, none. There's, there has never been a season like it. No, it's been a remarkable season for the storylines that have been at play and then for the COVID complications, which were, as you lived, even more so than last year. So to have both of those streams going, the, the big key clubs, the drivers of conversation were all in the news early. Um, Carlton not being where they needed to be. Collingwood had lived ferociously through the off-season and it was re- immediately obvious that things on field were going to reflect how it had been off field and then the game was better I think the footy was certainly better to call and all the way through to you've got this sort of romantic grand final of two of the downtrodden historically against each other and it's in Perth so yeah you couldn't the best part of live sport is you can't script it you you could not have had a vague stab at the start of the year and gone this is all that will transpire to to deliver you a season yeah, Jared. Firstly, I'll say as well, thank you very much for coming on. It is a thrill for Jack and I to have you on. Uh, having gone through all of those, what is what do you think has been the biggest news story of the AFL season? So Nathan Buckley's departure at Collingwood, I think, was the biggest because yep. for everything that happened, um, runner-up, narrowly beaten in the grand final, hot favourites in a prelim, heroic elimination final victory, total collapse. So the three years leads you to that, the the dumping of players in in the worst salary cap blunder we've seen in many a year. Uh, The confluence of events at Collingwood, I could could make a case to you that that six months is the worst six months in the history of the biggest club in the land. And it ended up costing them their favourite son in Nathan Buckley, who was every, every inch of Collingwood. And by the middle of the year, they decided that they were going to sack him. And while there was no acrimony in it, uh, it was still a, they were jettisoning 
the figure who has probably been the most dominant for the supporter base for 30 years. Do you, yep. do you ever, um, well, factor that in? Like, do you sort of wake up in the morning and look at the news and go, oh, great, we're going to have so many callers on today talking about, well, let's talk about the two, Car- Carlton and Collingwood have probably the coaching, or the way they've gone about their coaching and hiring their coaches and the way they've sort of just fallen off the face of the earth, really. Do you think, oh, this is going to be great fodder for today? Or are you a bit like, why are you doing it? I, that, that's a really good question. There's a, there's a conflict within it. Is, you know, say you're watching the footy on the Sunday and you know, oh, so that's it. That's Monday. If you wanted to, you could take three hours of calls on that, yep. having just watched the last 20 minutes of footy. Um and there is a bit of a ghoulish fascination in that, is how how combustible the people are going to be. I'm not quite in it for that, although it, it's definitely part of the discipline and it's part of the the genre. Um, I'm I'm not a sack the coach guy, and never will be. And there's enough shrill voices who are, and I think there's a macabre part to that. There's a death riding that goes on sometimes around coaches, which I can't quite. I find I find challenging, and I don't overly like um, running the circus around it as just person after person after person calls for for a head. So I, I find I do find that part a little bit challenging. Whilst knowing watching it, you go, know, "Oh my god, that's Monday." <laughs> yeah, I, I can't agree more with that. And we, we actually touched on a little bit in our uh, opener that, that I think that's the great thing why the Michael Voss appointment's great because for so long Jared won. They co- people are way too quick to so- catch, uh, sorry, sack coaches, and then they don't they just go on the scrap heap and don't yeah. get a second opportunity. So to have someone as legendary as Michael Voss and now potentially Nathan Buckley down the track to be able to see a way back in, I think's fantastic. Um, what about if that's your, your storylines for the season? What do you think the big storylines are coming into this week's game? So it's Melbourne's 57-year drought and the Bulldogs on this almost spiritual odyssey around the country. The, the two storylines couldn't be more compelling. I think we are... The, the droughts are agonising as and having seen them end, having seen Sydney's end, having seen Geelong's end, having seen... Um, Richmond's end, having seen the Bulldogs end, there is a craving that Melbourne's end so that they, that group of supporters who have lived a lifetime without success and they have had days where they would have thought this is never, ever going to improve, that they, they are favourites in a grand final. And I find Luke Beveridge a captivating figure. The harder it gets, the more he soars through Tassie and Queensland and South Australia and now Western Australia. So this is... This has never been demanded of a team. And if they are able to complete that tomorrow night, um, that I, I think 2016 is the best final series I've had the privilege to work. And you go, that they will have done it again five years on. So I'm all in on both stories. I find it really hard to split because if you tip one, um, there's a ha- half of the people who are emotionally engaged think you're against them. I couldn't be more with both groups. I know you do a lot of homework leading into the big final series and the, the grand final what, run us through what actually goes into preparing for, for the biggest game of football yeah, in the yeah. year. So there's a couple of layers. to. So the first is just straight-up identification. Yep. To be able to play with the call, you have to know who's who at every moment of the game. So that's the, that's the basic discipline. And then the challenge is to do justice to what happens. So Hardo and I will come in tomorrow night, and we want to see a great grand final with soaring deeds that we that will live with us forever. That's what we're in it for. And then 
the responsibility is to capture them, to convey them, and then if you if you what you really aspire to is to send them soaring even more, so that people will remember they'll remember the emotion and the moment, and they might even remember a phrase that you were able to add to it. So that's the that's what it is. So to give, you have to give yourself the best chance of hitting those markers. So the core is know the players, know the pattern of the game, um, and that that means what knowing the two teams. And by this stage, you know the two teams pretty well, so you brush up. And then thinking through the storylines and the possibilities, and then thinking through the language. So, so you say knowing the teams well and, and how they play. Do you do a form of opposition analysis in terms of like sussing a team yes. out? Or would you yeah. just go... I've seen the last six games of Melbourne. I've seen the last games, six games of the Bulldogs. I back myself in to have a pretty good knowledge of how they're going to play. Uh, so I would guess my notes would be a remedial version of a of an opposition scout. Yep. Um, who, where, how, different possibilities. So what you want to be able to say, if, if Melbourne do something different, you want to be able to identify it straight away. Oh, haven't been doing that. Yep. And that, that just adds a layer to the call. But you are working with the team, so there'll be three experts tomorrow night. So it's not trampling their work. Yep. But if, if Jake Bowie somehow finds his way forward and kicks a goal, you want to know that his his league career has been in defence, but his junior career wasn't. So this would be this would be a moment in a grand final which would be um it would be unpredictable but not unforeseeable. So trying to land in the middle there and capture it if it happens. Yeah, Jared, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated in when you decided to become a broadcaster um, and, and who sort of inspired you when, when you were a young kid. Did you grow up wanting to be the athlete or were you from an early age thinking, I want to be a, you know, a top-line broadcaster? No, I, so I had a very quick awakening that I didn't have the capacity to play the game. <laughs> I've never wanted to play the game. Right. Uh, although I, I love cricket with all my heart. I, I yep. suspect I love cricket bats the same way that you do, Tim. I just don't yep. wield it in the same manner. <laughs> um, so I can remember sitting at the footy with Dad. I think I was eight. And he said to me, and I've never really asked him why he said it, but I'll never forget it. He said to me, wouldn't it be great if they paid you to be here? And that I can trace it to that moment. And during where, school... Where, where was that? It was at the MCG. Yep. Who was playing? Uh, no, I don't know, but it was a Saturday Remember afternoon. Remember how old you were? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Right. And that's the the germ of my idea. And so by the time I was finishing school, it was what I wanted to do. And then I I wanted to be a journalist, and then I wanted to build the broadcasting onto that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it's, it's been a really... Um, my my 14-year-old self would be astounded with the jobs I get to do. And yep. I never forget that going to any, going to a test match, going to a grand final, going to a Melbourne cup is this, this is my dream and, and I yep. get to live it. Is there, is there a moment spinning off that over your career that, that stands out to you? An interview, any sport. a any broadcasting sport. moment, a highlight that you can just remember and think, yeah, that was it for you. That was your moment. Yeah. So Kyle Chalmers winning the hundred in Rio. So yep. it was a jinx event for Australian swimmers and the Olympics the Olympics is like a test series overseas and like black caviar at Royal Ascot. It is, um, it is elevated and you can feel it as soon as you get there and you know that in your heart there's an opportunity. If something truly great happens, you're on duty, something that might last. And I was working with Rob Woodhouse, who I think is as good an expert in any sport as I've ever worked with. 
And we watched Chalmers in the heats and he came from last and won and thought, wow, that was something. And he did the same thing in the semifinals and we were on alert for him. There was another Australian in the race who was much more highly fancied, but we were looking for Chalmers. So at halfway, he's seventh. And his dad is in the stands and he told us later, he said, my, my single thought at halfway was just don't finish last. And in the next 25 seconds, he swam through in the most thrilling manner, won a gold medal and became a household name. And I got to call that moment. And professionally, I think I called it well. And it was funny is that the time zone, it was mid-morning here. People were in their cars, but it was, it was midnight in Rio. And the next morning when I turned my phone on, so I had that sense of, I thought I, I did that. I did that well. But the next day you started to feel, oh, this really resonated with people. And it gives me this silly little link with Kyle Chalmers, who I only know vaguely, but he knows and I know that's, that's his career moment. And the truth, you're, you're it's the my career moment as well. Yeah, you're the voice of it. And yeah. the patron to that, that person's sporting moment, before we'd let you go, and, and we've asked a lot of footy questions today, so if we'd love to have you back on the show when the cricket does roll around because we know you're so passionate about the cricket and, of course, the Ashes rolling around. Painey will be leading us down there. Who who wins tomorrow night? Who, who wins out of what is, I think, the two best teams from the yeah. year? Yeah, so I think it's legitimately flip of the coin. Melbourne are entitled to be favourites. I've decided to pick the Bulldogs by a point. And I don't really have any great reason. Other, there's just something spiritual to it, which might usurp the the analytics and the logic. I, I think they're exceptionally close, and I, I just hope we get a thriller. Yes, the sen- I think the sentiments sort of over the two weeks has really started to come back to maybe the Bulldogs being able to upset the favourites in Melbourne. Well, Jared, thank you for joining us. We will say best of luck tomorrow night. Thank it's you. a a big game in a really different. I suppose a different venue to what we would normally see the AFL Grand Final, but we really do appreciate you taking the time before the big one to join us here at Jack and Paney. I'm honoured to be part of it. There there you go, Paney, the voice of football, the voice of cricket right here on SEN and SEN Hobart and the SEN app all around the country, Jared Waitley. This is Jack and Paney. Right off the break, we'll have more.